Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This episode of Fat Mascara is sponsored by BetterHelp. Listen, we all carry around different stressors, big and small. Therapy is a safe space to get those things off your chest. Plus, it can help you develop coping skills that make your life easier. I will give you an example. If you've listened to this podcast for a while, you've probably heard me say it to Jess or to a guest, reframe. Well, I learned that technique from a therapist. Here's an example. Now that I'm a freelance writer and podcaster, I get lonely working from home and I feel like I'm never going to get to collaborate on projects again. And that's the truth. Reframe, I get to choose which projects I work on. So I'm in control of what I work on. And if I want to collaborate more with others, I don't have to ask anyone's permission. I can just do it. See what I did there? That's reframing. If you've been thinking about starting therapy or are looking for someone to help you process things and give you coping skills, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash mascara today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash mascara. Again, betterhelp.com slash mascara. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff. With real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says Authenticity Guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Hello and welcome to Fat Mascara. I'm Jen Sullivan. This is my guest co-host, Priyanka Matu. Welcome. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I called I called you by your whole formal name, but Great. I can call you Pri, right? You can call me Pri because we've met. Not only have we met, I feel like I know you because you had a beauty podcast back in the day that I listened to and you were like, you and Camilla were my, were other people's Jess and Jen. Like, I feel like you were our West Coast doppelgangers. We were, we were, we felt very close to you guys. And then of course, when I visited you and we met, it all just made so much sense. And we were going to do a podcast together and we were going to have each other on each other's podcasts. And then a pandemic happened and here we are. And here we are. So I got the Foxy Brown. I got one of the Foxy Browns by herself. Welcome to the show. Okay. So clearly I know who you are, but I'm not sure that our listeners do yet. Yes. It's also because it's been a while. It's been a while since I podcasted and I've had every career known to man. Name some of the careers. Oh my goodness. I am currently a writer and filmmaker. I have a book, which is a memoir coming out next summer from Knopf. And I should have information on that shortly. I've been writing essays for places like the New York Times and the New Yorker. Before that, however, I was originally a talent agent. I represented actors, especially comedians at a big Hollywood agency. And then I produced for a long time. And then I started a podcast company called Erios, which has a slate of podcasts that are hosted by, created by women. And that's how I got into this world. And and we had, we had this beauty and wellness podcast called Foxy Browns that my dear friend and I, Camilla and I hosted, co-hosted for a season and we will someday go back to it, but all this other work got in the way. So that's a TBD. TBD on that. TBD on your next writing project too, because you're on strike right now, aren't you? Workers Unite. 
I am on strike. I'm being real noisy about it. The, the, the jobs that used to exist out here in screenwriting have depreciated in a way so that they're unrecognizable. I mean, there are people moving out here and getting staffed on jobs that they're so excited about that they've worked toward for their entire lives. And then they're making $20,000 a year going on disability and then moving home. So that is not sustainable. It's like, I call it the fast fashionization of, of yet another industry. Everyone's yeah. being squeezed for, for profit and quality is declining and the quality of people's lives is declining. And, and so we're in, we're at this real tipping point And I believe we will prevail because writers are, writers are intense. <laughs> Writers, I've are, seen your signs. Oh, we are crazy-eyed people, and we will wait you out. <laughs> we have, I like it. Uh-huh, we have followed a dream out here. We are not entirely sane all the time, unlike risk-averse people who got their MBAs at Wharton who run these companies. <laughs> we are willing Ooh. to just hang out until it's over. There's nothing you can do about it. No, I I appreciate the 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 fight that you guys are in. It gives you a little extra. I know you're a mom and you're all these other things, but I'm glad you have a little time to hang out with me. Yes, me too. I'm so glad we could finally do this because I get to talk about something that's like really more fun for me than the 20 hours a day I spend making snacks. (laughs) Well, okay. So let's talk about beauty then because seeing your background, you're a writer, a generalist, scripts, producing talent, like where'd the beauty thing come from? Were you always a beauty girl? I was not... Always a beauty girl in that I've never been a product person. I know that's usually some people's way in. I've always been interested maybe because of how much I moved as a kid in like who defines beauty and and, and what that looks like, especially kind of moving. I moved to the United States in high school and my family is Indian and my mother to me. Okay. My mother to me is the most beautiful person, conventionally beautiful person I've ever met or seen in my life. I mean, uh-huh. but she is like, she's really beautiful. <laughs> she's not, it's not just to me. It's like people see pictures it's not just of a her. just post-Mother's Day. Uh, no, she's really hot. Her, like she's, But she's not okay. hot in like this conventional kind of like Western actress model way. She just has like real, what my father calls presence and scary eyes. And <laughs> she's very okay. funny. So to me, that was beauty was the ability to kind of hold a room in the palm of your hand with some power that she held. So it wasn't necessarily about how anyone looked. It was about the space you hold and create in a room. So I've always been very curious about that. And however you come about that, is it through eyelash extensions? Is it through, you know, like having the most interesting stories? Is it about being the best listener? Is it about being the best cook? Like how does everyone create, how does everyone express their beauty, I guess? So, so yeah, I've always been really interested in in that, and especially in, in the feminine, it's something that we have to, because, you know, the default sometimes is that, is it, I'll refer to them as men, but traditionally men have sort of like, the default has been that they get the attention in the room. And so it's interesting to yeah. me how we've carved out our own and how we make ourselves stand out and how we celebrate ourselves through like all these different things. So how are you carving out and standing out for yourself when you were growing up? Did you... Was it through the conventional trappings of beauty? Were you like, I'm going to dye my hair crazy color. I'm going to be the funny one. Like, what was what was your MO? I have to tell you, I was hiding for a really, really long okay. time. For a really long time. I didn't want to be looked at. I didn't want to be assessed physically because I think you pick up on that really early, right? Is that people are yeah. looking at you and sort of like grading you based on how you look. So I hid. I wore my dad's clothes to school, <laughs> which they all hate. I hated it. I would like brush my hair in front of my face so no one could really see me. I think I focused on sort of my rich internal life. <laughs> rich internal life. My I rich like that. internal life. I also have a mother. And that's what we were calling it in high school yeah. for sure. <laughs> Yeah, I was a weirdo. I was definitely considered a weirdo. But but I was, you know, a smart, good person with interesting things to say, I hope. And I hoped that that was enough. And my mother is a very, my mother loves to dress up. And my mother loves to wear like a sparkly shoe when she loves nail polish and glitter and like, you know, all these girly things as I thought. Mm -hmm. And I didn't. And we didn't talk about gender expression back then. We didn't talk about anything like that. But I knew that every time I was made to like, Uh, pushed into like more feminine than I was comfortable being, I felt like I was wearing a costume. So when I was dressing up or wearing makeup or anything like that, I I always felt like I was doing it for someone else, which I was willing to do because I love my family, but I felt really strange about it. And now, of course, there are a million ways to dress and a million ways to be. And and it's all very different. I'm just yapping now. (laughs) 
Well, that's kind of what these podcasts are for. I should tell right. everybody, obviously you're my guest co-host, you are not Jessica Matlin, and that's because you're going to do the show with me. She's off this week, but we are going to get into like doing the news and raise one, which is the usual fat mascara stuff, but we want to get to know pretty a little bit more. So yeah, so I don't mind you yapping. That's what I have you here for. When you started though, Foxy Browns, I don't even know what year that was. A little bit after, I guess like 2017, 18? 2018, 2019. Yeah. Okay. What was the impetus then? So, cause you don't sound like you were comfortable in the whole beauty industry world and everything. Why did you want to start that podcast? I think that I saw it as an opportunity to talk about what made us feel beautiful. It was never about necessarily physical beauty. So for me, it was an in into what made us feel good and how we could celebrate ourselves, which I think is the same thing. So I would never look askance at someone who has 94 eyeshadow palettes because great, that makes you feel good. That's how you express yourself. Awesome. Like I don't do it in that way, but I still think there's a shared desire to just sort of celebrate who we are and explore who we are and and say, you know, when we were when we were younger, there were like a few ways you could be, right? You were like a, either like a high maintenance gal, or you were like a girl who could hang. And there were all these weird categories, and you felt like you weren't. We allowed love to- categorizing women and giving them labels. Yeah, <laughs> right. And there was not as much fluidity, and like, but maybe one day I want to wear a ball gown, and maybe one day I don't. I want to be invisible, and that's also. That's also fine. Yeah. And so those are the kind of the areas that I wanted to I wanted to get into talking about. Yeah, for sure. And obviously your co-host and you are both women of color, which is a point of view of itself, which we didn't see a lot of, I don't think, in the beauty industry in earlier times. Was that did that have anything to do with it or just happened to be we're both women of color? It, it did. It did. It absolutely did. Camille's one of my best friends, and I would I would talk to her about like this like dish over here. I would talk to her all day about anything, and this isn't is something that interested both of us. But yes, of course, there were so many things going on with black hairstylists on set and foundation colors that were like a wide range, and and we just realized that a lot of the issues that were being tackled in a lot of beauty magazines and beauty podcasts were not the issues that we were dealing with, and so we wanted to start having those conversations with other women of color um, and a lot of stuff came up whether it was like hair removal or like Indian hair wigs which I always thought was so funny because it's like a direct line between like literal Indian hair and black women you know like there's so mm-hmm. there's such a fun there's so many fun things to talk about and we'd get into the books we were reading and the things we were eating and you know like all kinds of the, the, all the things we were doing like and the w word wellness and wellness <laughs> it's, such a, it's such a huge word it's so is, silly like where I, does it end I don't <laughs> I don't know if it does. I, I think we just needed a name for like the things that make us feel good, but maybe aren't food. But I guess wellness has food too. I yeah, don't know. it's come full circle to mean absolutely nothing, and also has like is just now bordering on like against like some kind of orthorexia, you know, which scares me because yeah, yeah. When when wellness becomes you must eat these, these things and you mustn't eat those things and you're not doing everything right and if you blah 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 and like that is not making anyone happier. <laughs> it's not making anyone. Oh, live see, I took it to the place of like another, maybe less dangerous, but pretty cheesy. Like oh, self care. Wellness is self care. Which doesn't mean anything either. It doesn't mean anything either because it depends on what your idea of self-care is. Because if your idea of self-care is just buying stuff, sure. But like, what about systemic self-care? The thing is like, you're not going to meditate your way out of a systemic failure. Like, like what about just the fact that- What if we could end this writer's strike with a group (laughs) meditation? Yeah. It's like, yeah, I can meditate, but that's not going to give us abortions back, you know? (laughs) Okay. This is corny then, but like, so what do you do? Sounds like you have a very busy life being pulled in many directions. Mm-hmm. Like, how are you caring for self with the big wellness word? Is it an eyeshadow palette? It is. An, I still don't know how to use eyeshadow, which I, maybe I'll There's learn. a lot of colors in there. I get it. <laughs> I'm like just starting to identify the different parts of my eyelid. So like, we'll get there. I am. Okay. I do meditate. I have a very serious, <laughs> I hate getting into this because I'm going to, I always like people are going to make fun of me, but I have been practicing. It's a trans- safe space. I know, I know, but like, I'm okay. just, you know, it's like, oh, I'm chill girl. I can hang. Girls that can hang can also do meditation. We contain multitudes. Yeah. And they're like, oh yeah. And people will be like, I do an, oh yeah, I do an app. And I'm like, no, I practice transcendental meditation. Well, you I get have, into it. Okay. Uh, it's so real. I started when I was pregnant with my second. Um, so that was five years ago and I was pretty anxious and my husband had been slowly nudging me to to try it and I went and I was so mad that it changed my life I was so (laughs) mad I didn't want it to work I know that feeling I know that feeling and you kind of know in the back of your mind you're like it's going to be as good as everybody said 
I, it was like a wash for my brain. I say that, so I've, so I've meditated now twice a day, every day for five years. It's 20 minutes twice a day. I know that sounds like a lot of time, but I have to tell you the rest of my day like doesn't work if I don't, if I don't meditate. So it feels like a car wash for my brain. It feels like my brain went from like scrambled eggs to one of those nice little like rolled up Japanese omelets. Like that's I like the feeling. That. I like that analogy. Yeah. And I hate that it works. I hate that it works. And I try not to proselytize about it, but it really, I was so resistant. It works so well for me. It is like sort of the like pillar of my well-being. And so I meditate. I have a facialist who's great. Who's your facialist? It's Terry Lawton. Okay. She is a celebrity facialist and she's amazing. Yeah, Why are you laughing? Because again, I'm Because it makes you feel. Mm-hmm. Are you a celebrity? No, don't. Stop being, no, it's all right. She, she like you like what she does for you. Can I, I tell you how I found Terry? Tell me. Everything. This is such an LA story. I went to a screening and I saw Demi Moore outside the screening, and I mm-hmm. quickly did the math and I was like, and she had like no makeup on, nothing, and I was like, how old is she? And then I was like, her skin looks amazing. And then I went home and I googled. <laughs> She's their best. She's a walking billboard for Terry's work, I guess, right? She looked like glowing. We know it's not just the facialist with most of these celebrities. Well, yeah, okay, yes. True. But in real life, Demi looks great, is what you're saying. Whereas I'm sure you've seen other celebrities who are like, cool, she had great cosmetic work by some doctor. Absolutely, absolutely. Her skin looked amazing. She had like nothing on. She had like a big smile on her face. She seemed great. She was like beautiful energy. And I was like, who is her? who is her facialist. And then, and then, and then people were talking about her and I was like, oh yes, it's Terry. So I've been, been seeing, I've not seen Terry in a few months. So I need to go, I need to go see her. I see her three times a year. What else do I do for self care? I mean, I, I have been talking to, especially my mom friends or my friends who work in like service industry, like anyone who works in client work, I've been talking about how important it is for me to remind myself every day that I'm, I'm a giver. So like I have to remind myself every day that I'm actually the main character in my own life. <laughs> That's a big okay. one. Yeah. And, yeah, I okay. day and I'm like, I'm the main character. Like I'm not here solely to serve other people. I don't people. know if transcendental meditation has mantras, but I like this for you <laughs> if it does. I am kind of like, I have my own needs and wants. What do I need and want today? Once those are met, I can also meet other people's needs and wants. So I am the main character. I'm taking care of myself. I'm also helping all of these other people through their scrapes. Nothing changes, but let me just remember that I'm a person. I do not exist solely to serve. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I'm sure it's different for everyone. Um, and you need to find the place that lets you be your own person, not just a giver. I like that. Yeah. I'm going to take from you, though, this story in this podcast. Just, take it. <laughs> just warning you now, I'm going to be one of those <laughs> succubuses. Do succubuses suck? I don't share. even actually know. If you don't mind, we're going to talk about some beauty news. Because yes. now we, we, we know who you are. We have a little bit more of your background. Now I'm like sitting here thinking I want to get off of the podcast and learn about transcendental meditation, but we'll save that till afterwards. Would you like to talk with me about the beauty news? Shall we get into yes, that? Please. I would love to. I, I miss this. I miss this so much. This is oh, so yeah. fun. Let's do it. The biggest beauty news of the week is of course, Beyonce starting a hairline. Maybe. What is that? Yeah. So that, that was like a reveal on Instagram, right? Was it? Where she, with like the items on her dresser? Well, that's what I was confused by. So for those who didn't see this Instagram post, it's like, it's be looking be in front of the mirror with a little curling wand. And then we slide through, we see her daughter getting her hair done, I think. And then there's a post that, yes, she's doing a, a hairline. Right. So first of all, I guess you've been watching since Foxy Brown ended and then the, like this, we, the pandemic made the celebrity beauty boom. Like every celebrity has a a line. Does this give you an eye roll? How's your, what's your general take on the whole thing? I have a lot of thoughts on this because I used to be, because I used to represent actors. And so oh, you were a talent yes. agent. Yeah. Yes. You know, the behind the scenes. Yes, I do. So I've been around famous people for most of my career. And let me tell you, when a big agency signs a big client, the hope is to find as many revenue, revenue streams as possible. So like, this is always something that you're working toward is like, okay, what are the three things you want to do? You want to act, you want to write, you want to direct, you want to produce, you want to be in commercials, you want to own a company. What is the company? What is the thing you're interested in? So it's some, like people are always working on this in the background going, what's the company you are going to own? What is the company that we will take public? Like that is, that is really an acting job is nothing compared to like 
an honest company or like, a, you know, Jessica Simpson's shoe line. And I think right now the moment seems to be this beauty product stuff. I mean, Rihanna's done an amazing job. A lot of people have done an amazing job. And so everyone, of course, is saying, hey, like, I'm interested in that. Where's my piece of the pie? It also comes from like a lot of actors feel like their shelf, their shelf life is not super long, especially women in this business are like, well, how long can I really do this for? Only because the world is telling them. So there, it comes from a place of fear and desire for like financial security for generations. My feeling with Beyonce's hairline is, I mean, yes, a lot of them are eye rolls, but I also have to congratulate them for trying to take a piece of like an ever growing market. Um, and especially a woman mm-hmm. of color, because like, let every let every woman of color have it. Let let everyone strive. You know, like we can't like be welcome. Yeah, we can't just start talking about market saturation when then there, when there's like three celebrity black lines. We go like there should be thirty. There should be fifty. Sorry, Tracy Ellis Ross already did it. You're not allowed. Exactly. Yeah, of course, no. I wouldn't want it to become a conversation that's like driven by this kind of scarcity mindset of like there's only room for two Indian ladies making samosas or whatever. Like like whatever it is, it's like you know what. People love her. They're curious. People like to try new things. Like, it's supposed to be fun, right? It is fun for us. So it's yeah. a little bit of an eye roll. But also, like, what's it going to be? It's going to be fun. She doesn't disappoint. I hope. I think so. I think all of what you said is true. But the thing that confuses me a little about a bit about this is, like, Beyonce is like above the regular celebrity level for me, where like, even if she had a team who was like, we need to diversify our revenue streams, like, can't you just see Beyonce being like, that's for the peons, not me. I'm Beyonce level. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think she had to do this money-wise or career lunch. Even if she can't be touring Mm -hmm. for the rest of her life, like, she's going to be fine. Nobody has to do it, but they're all afraid of running out of money. (laughs) Let me tell you. But even at that level, and I understand there's all sorts of people Mm -hmm. that work for her. I imagine that she's going to bring her family in on this and friends that beauty is like where she got her start. Like her mom was like a stylist and a hair salon owner. So it kind of makes sense to me. But I don't know. I was like, even Beyonce needs a line? I'd be curious. Nobody needs anything. They are like the psychology of it is they are always afraid that everything's their last job. Which seems insane to us as the consumer, but yeah. the, but I have had many, many conversations with many, many very famous people who are like, you don't understand, this could be my last job. There's always that. But then also I wonder, I, I have some questions about the, like, the birth of the company. Like, did she do it with her favorite hairstylist? Like, is she ensuring that person's financial future? Like, what are all the decisions that have gone into doing this? Because I doubt it was just she woke up one day and goes like, I'm going to try that too. I would guess yeah. there's a lot more under the surface. Well, and also because, that, I mean, we're all speculating here, and I'm sure we'll hear soon enough with, like, a big, bigger news than just an Instagram post. Her do- picture, her daughter's picture was in it, so it made me think, like, okay, maybe this is also a project that she, the two of them can work on together. Like, maybe there'll be a kid's part to it, or I don't know, maybe it was a daughter's idea, yeah. and she's a little entrepreneur in the making. I mean, maybe. She's the next Bill Gates in the making. Oh, yeah, see what I did there? Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> could be it. I'm really excited to see what it is, though. It's what, She's one of those celebrities that, like, I can't get enough of. So we'll see. However, here's something I can get enough of. Next news item, because this controversy just won't die. And I think there's a larger conversation here. These influencer trips. So there was this big Tarte controversy. I don't know if you're up to speed on this. I said I wasn't going to talk about it. But basically, Tarte's part of their marketing model is to take people away on these fancy trips and then have them make TikToks all about right. it and everything and, you know, their press trips. And back when I was in magazines, this, yes. I got to, yeah, I got to go on these press trips, but it wasn't influencers then. It was editors. And I was like, I don't know. The whole idea of this is like your marketing. This is your billboard. This is how you put out your company is interesting to me. But there was a controversy because two of the creators that were invited on the most recent trip, women of color, felt they were slighted and immediately made content to say as much mm-hmm. and got into that whole thing we get into when we all get online to share our feelings instead of talking in person. Have you, have you seen this? <laughs> yes. 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 Okay. You're big on Twitter, so I know you know what yes, I'm talking about. Or I was before it started to fall apart, but don't worry. I'm like very active on Instagram now. I need to put, I need to get my social media energy out somewhere. So it's Instagram now. However, yes, I was reading about this and I'm very intrigued by the entire, by the machinations of the entire thing. 
I think we're at like a funny place in like beauty and fashion and all that where like everyone finally is seeing that they need more than just white faces to sell their products because there's just a market share that they're not getting to. But I don't think it has like sunk in yet that it needs to be like a life philosophy (laughs) and like internalized. And a lot of these women are being seen as like opportunities instead of like truly being seen as like assets. Yeah, exactly. So, So it's the opportunity but they're not really seeing them as people, which I guess is the next step. Like we are also whole people and whole masses, just like whatever your default audience is. I'm not just like the Excel worksheet checkbook. Like, yes, Scott, I have an Indian American woman. I have an African American woman. I have an Asian American. Like, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Marketers do think like that. I mean, I've been on photo shoots where it's like, we need this size girl. We need, like you need to fill all the boxes and it feels kind of gross. I'm sure, but I also like when something like this happens, it's like a hilarious to me kind of like public hiccup. This is how we learn, right? Unfortunately, we learn from our own mistakes and other people's mistakes. So like hopefully a bunch of other companies will see this and be like, aha, must not behave this way. Even if it's purely just like a liability issue at first, like I hope eventually it becomes an actual life lesson. Yeah, I do think there's companies that have learned this lesson, especially since 2020, but like clearly we're all still learning, but it does play out pretty messy sometimes, doesn't it? It's really messy. And I love the mess. I love the mess. Really? Okay. You're into it. You don't. I do. I really love it. Is there a current mess that you're like embroiled in? Like, no, we're always in messes. I mean, we've had ever since me too happened, right? (laughs) In our Oh, that kind of mess. Our, I thought you meant like a, like a debate online, like is it De Niro or is it a uh, that was, Chino that was fascinating. You know, like, that was fascinating. It was still 50-50, <laughs> I guess. I was like, oh, it was like on tenterhooks. No, I mean, I love a public mess that allows us to learn a little bit more about how we should be interacting with each other. So something like this Turk controversy is like, it's annoying and it's enraging, but it's also like, it makes you think about your own behavior and how perhaps you've put together your own work or your own set of friends. I find it, it's like, we can be annoyed, but it's also, these are all dead. This is the first time we've ever been allowed to talk about this stuff. 15 years ago, you couldn't even bring it up. It would just all be white models. Like we're moving in the right direction is all I'm saying. And we'll bring the messes with us because they help us learn. I mean, that happens in our personal lives, for sure. Speaking of my personal life, this next news item really spoke to me. It's from The Guardian, which you can always count on for, like, the most random <laughs> headline-making news. How, I mean, can't even how does anyone uh, so, pitch them? The, just the most specific, absurd, long, hyph- many hyphens in your headline. Mm-hmm. The headline over at The Guardian is that the hot new item. <laughs> do this without laughing. I'm sorry. I find this so funny. I don't know why. The hot new item for the visually impaired. I'm counting myself among them. Or is makeup spectacles. I did not know these existed. Okay, for those who did not yet read the article, which I will link to in the show notes, I sent it to Pre in advance. There's apparently these eyeglasses, like bifocals, where you can flip down one of the eyes at a time so that you could see the eye that you're trying to put makeup on, which, girl, I don't know what happened. You hit a certain age and you cannot see I never had vision problems, and all of a sudden, I'm, like, blurry when I look in the own, my own makeup mirror. I was like, we're just going to give up on the fancy eyeshadow because, like, I don't know if it's blended. Did you see these spectacles? Yes, I saw this, and I have a friend who's a little bit older than me and is, like, a very early adopter. So she actually brought these to my attention because I said, last time I saw her, your eye makeup looks amazing, and then she pulled these glasses <laughs> She was like, this is why. She knew. She knew. And I laughed at her. Sorry, friend. I started giggling the minute I started, I read you the headline about it. I don't know why it gives me the giggles. It gives me those uncomfortable, this is coming for you too. Yeah, it is coming. It is coming for us. It is. It's absolutely coming for us. And also great. I mean, they're so funny. You like, it is like a monocle. It's like a weird little monocle thing that you flip down. You look like you're like a jeweler with a loop (laughs) or like a surgeon ready to, it's, I mean, honestly, let's be honest. Eye makeup sometimes is like surgery. Yeah. Liquid eyeliner. You need to have steady hand. And then, and you can't, and you can only get so close to the magnifying. I do have a magnifying mirror now, so I can like do that. But after a while, like, what are you going to do? You can't. So I guess we should be 
grateful. I don't, I don't, I don't even know. I'm just, I'm, <laughs> Thank you, science. I'm just, I'm just no, I will say on, on a good note, though, I am sure there's people who are visually impaired, like not just because of age-related, like need bifocals or whatever, that never could like participate in this fun part of beauty because it's like, I can't see. For example, one of my aunts, she's legally blind. Now she's actually completely blind. But like, I used to have to go to the hairdresser with her to like, make sure they weren't screwing up her hair because she's like, does it look good? Like she could feel it, you know? She loved going to the hairdresser. She used to get a perm and highlights. She wanted the soft wave, but like she couldn't see what she looked like in the mirror. So any tool that sort of helps in that direction, I'm all for, even if you look a little bit like, I don't know, like an old timey Willy Wonka dude. (laughs) Like a carnival, a carnival sideshow. Watch this. Kind of. Well, I think you bring up a very smart, an interesting point, which no one, which clearly I've struggled with, as I have already shared this, applying eye makeup is like a precision job. It's not something you can just slap on like lipstick or blush or like whatever it is. It requires tools. It requires like understanding the contours of your eyes. It does require being able to see stuff. And like, are we just living longer? Is that what's, is this one of those? (laughs) Is this like, we're living longer. We We can make things now. I guess there's a market for this because back in the day, if the corner shop guy was like, I have makeup spectacles for sale, okay, for the three people in your town that need them, that's great. But now social media, internet, it's like there's three people in every town, right? So yeah, yeah. Get your makeup spectacles, everyone. I mean, we need a name. We need a branding name. I feel like we could rebrand that a little bit better. Someone needs to make them cute. So right now they're like on Amazon and stuff and just sort of like, I feel like this is a if they could take a skin fridge and a, and a humidifier and make it like a beauty cute thing, they could do this for the makeup spectacles. They are really awkward looking. That's the problem. They kind of look like a, a lab like torture instrument. Someday. Okay, everybody's gonna like stop the podcast right now to Google them. <laughs> anyway, makeup spectacles, hot new thing. Okay, last thing I want to talk about with you because it's wedding season. Oh. I don't know when there became a wedding season, but there is now, and it's now. You just no, checked your watch. I, I do that, and it, for no reason. I don't know why I do that. I'm like, Whenever it sure we talk is. About seasons. It sure is. It's thirteen forty one Wednesday, seventeenth. Like, what am I gonna get from time? That? It's May. It's wedding season. It's wedding season. But I was thinking about. Wait, what month did you get married? In April. Okay, I think. See, it's it's like spring to summer is wedding season. Yeah, it is. Usually, but I'm thinking about all the weddings that have been backed up for the last three years. So it's like wedding season is like crazy now. People get married. Have you noticed people get married on like Tuesdays and Thursdays and what? Because ever because all the weekends are booked for the next like three years. Have you also noticed how long weddings have got? Like they're not just a wedding anymore. Everybody has multiple events now. I mean, I'm an Indian person. Mine was a week long. So. So, okay. Yeah. But I feel like culturally you have a stake in this game. Like that has always been the deal yeah. with an Indian wedding. But like, man, I love it. I love it. I'm like, give me a weekend away. Give me three days. Give me three nights. Give me so many events. So then to speak of this item, which is from the American Academy of Facial Plastic and Reconstructive Surgery, AAFPRS, everyone, people are getting tweakments for the weddings, not just the wedding, the bride and the groom, the guests, the mother of the groom, the, everybody. But this might be the pandemic backup thing. Anyway, let me read the quote from Theda Contest. She's a plastic surgeon. She said, we're seeing a lot more requests for men. That has to do with the fact there's simply less stigma around it. And then weddings are one of the biggest day of people's lives. And it's true what they say, the pictures last forever. So this time of year, our members in this academy see a surge in pre-wedding treatments. Did you do anything like treatment-y for your wedding? I did not. But you are reminding me that while I was sort of a no makeup, no hair mongrel of like a early 20 something, I did start taking care of myself physically when I started being in my friend's weddings and I was ruining the photo. Like, no, they would never be so unkind as to tell me this, but I was ruining everyone's photos. I really was. It was like, okay, no, they didn't tell you because that's probably not true. Or did they tell you after the I fact? look at them now and I'm like, this was bad. Like, it was bad, Jen. Like, you didn't pick up a brush, so you fe- maybe you should have brushed your hair? Oh, like, I'm, I mean, I'm going to secretly send you some photos, but it was like, oh, I threw on this random dress. I'm like a bridesmaid in a wedding, and I threw on a random dress, like, maybe ran a brush through my hair, like, no makeup. Like, it was, it was not fitting for the occasion. It was not respectful. <laughs> I I appreciate that you're saying that's respectful. I get that side of beauty, the trappings, the outward trappings of beauty, because it shows respect socially, right? right? 
But I also kind of hate that yes. because I remember being a bridesmaid and they were like, okay, well, we, you have to pay this much for the person to do your hair. Actually, my friends didn't do that, but this has happened to a lot of my friends where like, if when you say, yes, I'll be a bridesmaid, you're buying this dress. But not only that, they want the hair a certain way. Like it takes away the individuality. Like, okay, half up, half down hair. Okay. I'm not 12. I'm not doing half up hair. I don't look good with half up hair. Yeah. Who asked me what? I did have one friend ask me to be her... Her, she's like, do you want to? I feel like you wouldn't because this is not your thing, but do you want to be one of my bridesmaids? And I just said no. Mm. And all my other friends said that was like the rudest thing I've ever done. Do you think that's rude? No, I think no, not at all. You know, I mean, it is a commitment. It's a time commitment and like a getting ready commitment and a being there early and like being a part of the wedding commitment. And if you're doing it right, like if you're doing bridesmaidhood right, it, it it's work and hopefully you're willing to put on that work. But if you don't have the time, that slot should go to someone else, I think. I can't wait till we hear the news story that some bridezilla is asking her bridesmaids to get tweakments, like a little filler. You know there's that girl out there somewhere. I mean, this is frightening, this tweakment nonsense, especially since it's all like beauty standards change, how we look change, trends change, everything changes. So how do you know 20 years from now you're going to be happy with that photo? All you can really do is tidy yourself up and try not to be embarrassing. That's (laughs) like, that's right. (laughs) You heard it here first. Yeah, that was my <laughs> Just goal. Just tidy yourself up. I was a bridesmaid once and I like stupidly, I was, I did, now I know it was, I was like just being a bad girlfriend. I don't know why or how, but I remember my friend calling and being like, hey, you're going to join us for her makeup. And I was like, no, I'm good. <laughs> that, well, that's kind of what I did with my friend where I was like, it's like not understanding. I was, was she passively like, pray do us all a favor, come to the salon. But like not, not, I was like, no, I'm good. Not thinking this dear friend of mine is getting married today and might be having feelings and needs her friends close by. I was, oh, that didn't cross my mind either. I thought she was telling you, you should get your hair done when really it was probably she was nervous and wanted her girls she around She needed her. me and I was oh, the jerk. Yeah. You see how much weddings really Bring out a lot. I went nuts at my own wedding. I had like a real panic. So now I understand. Yeah, some people like, I like to be alone when I get like that, but I guess some people would want the, that's why you have bridesmaids. They're there for support, right? And love when you need it. I was just not picking up on that. And then let me tell you, I look so bad in the photos. (laughs) I look so bad. Oh, at this particular wedding. I look so bad. Yeah. No, it's okay. Everyone's forgotten. We were young. You could always make like this new story and get, tweakments for the next one, if that's your thing. And guess what? We'll save that for another pod because we could get all into that. I want to go raise a wand. I'm going to make you talk about products, even though you say you're not a product girl. We're going to do it. Summer is fast approaching, which means it's shapewear season. Just kidding. It's really wedding season. But I just got an invitation to a wedding in Philadelphia. And guess what I'll be wearing? Honey love. I'm not sure about the rest of the outfit or the dress, but the shapewear is going to be honey love. Here's why. Honey Love has revolutionized compression technology so you no longer have to feel like you're suffocating when you're wearing shapewear. Plus, they have lingerie-inspired design details that you'll want to show off, and all their fabrics are breathable to keep you nice and cool, which is perfect for hot days. Let me tell you a story. I remember being at a wedding, this was a few years ago, pre-Honey Love, and I wore a jumpsuit, and I wasn't sure if the bathroom door locked well, but I had to take off the entire jumpsuit and then roll down the shapewear to pee, and I was like holding onto the back of the door at the same time, completely naked in the bathroom and it took so long and I caused this whole backup of the bathroom line and after that I was like never again until Honey Love came along Honey Love's superpower shorts have a 100% cotton gusset so you don't have to wear underwear underneath and there's a convenient opening in the underwear area so you don't have to take off the whole thing to go to the bathroom it's so easy Honey Love products make you look good and feel good whether it's for a wedding event an everyday boost of confidence Honey Love is the perfect plus one treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com slash mascara. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off. That's honeylove.com slash mascara. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. Honeylove.com slash mascara for 20% off. The summer vibes are just getting started, so shape your life with Honey Love. Honey Love. 
Hey everyone, it's Jen, and I have decided this is going to be the summer of uniform dressing. I'm going to have a few pieces on heavy rotation, and I'm telling you right now, they're all going to be linen, and they're all going to be from Quince. I don't know why I'm going so hard on linen right now, but it just feels right. And Quince specializes in timeless pieces made of premium fabric, and the best part is that all the Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30. I am personally very into the 100% European linen pants. They're cropped and easy. There's even a cute pinstriped version. And when I wear them, I look like I just stepped off a yacht. Do I have a yacht? No. Do I know what yachters wear? No, but that's the vibe. The linen pants come in sizes extra small to 3X and they're less than $40. Okay, like 10 cents less, they're $39.90. But the quality is excellent and they wash really well. How does Quince do it? They cut out the cost of the middleman and pass the savings on to us. Plus, Quince works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash fat mascara for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's quince.com, Q-U-I-N-C-E, quince.com slash fat mascara to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash fat mascara. Okay, everyone, I am one of those people who, when it comes to wellness, sorry, but it's got to fit into the pockets of my day. Five minutes here, seven minutes there, when I'm like in the kitchen and I'm microwaving something long, it's got to be convenient. And that is why Aloe Moves works for me. My mindset has changed. The app makes it easy for me to keep my wellness routine on track because they have everything in one place and bite-sized little bits. Yoga, Pilates, fitness classes, mindfulness, self-care tips, healthy recipes, so much more. From beginner to advanced, Aloe Moves has the flow or class that's going to fit into your schedule. Their classes range from five minutes to an hour depending on what you're feeling that day. You know what feeling I'm feeling most days? I'm feeling 10 minutes. I've been doing that's good. Joanna Thompson's. Right? That's about it. Yeah. That's good. 10 minutes. Joanna Thompson does these yoga lotties in 10. One day will be abs. One day will be arms. Today, Jess, is booty day. And we're just (laughs) going to get it done all in 10 minutes. If you're trying to get a good sweat, then you've got to try their award-winning workouts like the sweat-inducing yoga flows or the reformer Pilates workouts without weights. You can also find stress relief with meditations, affirmations, face yoga, gua sha, learn to do dry brushing. How many times have we talked about dry brushing on this podcast? Aloe Moves will teach you how to do it. Unlock your personal wellness routine with Aloe Moves. Go to alomoves.com now and use the code MASCARA20 for an exclusive 30-day free trial and enjoy 20% off an annual membership. That's alomoves.com, code MASCARA20. alomoves.com, code MASCARA20. Okay, it is time to raise a wand. Pre's our special guest, so she's going to raise a couple. But first, we have a listener. So take it away, Kim. Kim's Oh, Kim did her homework. She's telling us about summer perfume. Okay, take it away, Kim. Hello, Jess and Jen. I have been wanting to call in for a long time because I have been a long-time listener. My name is Kim, or as those who love me, call me Kimmy G., and I have a answer for this week's homework. The first one is for the scents. And you all were talking about neroli and L'Occitane has this beautiful scent called neroli and orchid that is just really beautiful and magical. I wear it, it, it stays on my scarves and my girlfriends always, when they borrow my scarves, they just notice how nice it smells. And then another product that I think that Jess was talking about was like a gray, taupey brown eye color. And I wanted to know if you all were aware of Glossier's Lid Star in color fawn. Also very flattering, easy to wear. And of course, it's such a sheer little hint of color. And then lastly, I know you didn't get much response on the pomade for your husband. So if you're still interested, my husband and two grown sons use Layrite, and they will not use anything else. So thanks so much. I love the show, and every time I listen, you guys make my day more beautiful and very bright. Take care. Bye-bye. 
Okay, thank you, Kim. Those are good. If you you guys, I'm keeping the homework the same until Jess is back in the studio. Summer fragrances. What are your favorite summer fragrances? Email us a voice memo, info at fatmascara.com or give us a call, 646-481-8182. Tell us all about what you're wearing. No beast mode sense. We want summer, light, fresh fragrances. And pre, because that's everybody else's homework, I kind of have to make it yours as well. Are you a fragrance girl? I, I'm like the worst guest you ever had because I can't, I'm like very sensitive to scents. <laughs> so most things are like very unsent. I just have to be careful about the fragrances that I let into my life. But a few years ago, I just decided, I was like, I'm turning 40. I need a signature scent. I decided. Okay. And so I did go looking for one, one that wouldn't make my nose itch and one that I could wear all the time. And the one that I landed on, it is Lilabo. It's a, it's like a, one of those limited fragrances. So it's called Musk. And I think it was like their Los Angeles fragrance. And I cannot figure out the distribution cycle of this thing. It might be like once a year, only in Los Angeles, but I go (sighs) buy it. That's so annoying when you find something you love and it's limited edition. I bought the roll-on because that works best for me. And then I guess the next time I can tell it's available, which like, I don't know how that's going to happen. Maybe someone on this wonderful podcast can tell I me. I have like a, and so, yeah, I can, I'm going to email some friends at Lilabo, find out what's going on over there. Yeah, it's confusing, but I'm going to buy some more bottles. And then I'm like, can I freeze them? Like, <laughs> like how does no, this please work? don't freeze your perfume. No, I shouldn't. But that's the one I really, really like it. And then and then I've happened upon this other company when I was traveling and I just ordered, I had left my perfume at home and I was on a long trip and I wanted my perfume because now that it's my signature scent, I can't live without it. It's like my lovey. Aww. But I, I found I found a company called Nemat, N-E-M-A-T. I don't know how to pronounce it. It is owned by an Indian family and they make these perfumes out of like essential oils. And there was one called Amber, which I really, really loved. And you can just buy it online. I mean, it's quite, it's quite cheap, but they're really kind of spicy and earthy and definitely like Ooh. wearable every day. So is the musk one from Lilabo spicy earthy or is that more like it creamy musky skin? A, yeah, it's like a mass, it's like a very ma- masculine. <laughs> it okay. is. I'm, a, I'm like a straight lady, as straight as they come, but I, I perhaps embrace a more like Old Spice. <laughs> it's a little more uh, upscale than Old Spice, but Old Spice it's does like, make some nice fragrances, so I'm not going like to front. Old Spice adjacent. No, it's not. I'm kidding. It's it's a lovely, it's like a really lovely fragrance, but it's more like, you know, I'm Indian. So like my mother smelled, you know, like my grandma smelled like a little bit of incense and a little bit of this and a little bit of that. So there's something clearly that reminds me of like Oh, there my... might be a nostalgia factor mm-hmm, in there. For sure. Like a learned association. I love that. Now I'm going to go look up Nemat, 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 whatever we yeah. decide that it is pronounced. That sounds lovely. Ooh, it is Raise lovely. a wand to that. Okay. I gave you two specific raise ones because I'm so curious about these particular products, what other people use. And you're in LA, so I know you get a lot of sunshine. Tell me about your sunscreen habits. I am always, I'm always on the hunt. I feel like I'm always reading any, I'm always reading and saving anything I can about a new sunscreen. I'm like slightly out of date so the sunscreen I'm using now is still the sunscreen I was using all during the pandemic, but I hear there have been changes in sunscreen formulations, but I always use the Elta MD on my face, the 40 SPF 45. Oh, yeah. I really love awesome. it. It's really light and it doesn't leave any white cast on me. And I get dark, I get do get a lot darker than this in the summer. So I really need something that won't look ashy on my face. And then on our bodies, we have the big super group tub. <laughs> The really, really big one that you can get with a pump bottle because it's an assembly line in the morning with everyone. I have two kids, so like getting everyone out of the house. We eat breakfast, we brush our teeth, we pack our blah, 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 and then like the super group pumps come out and, and I just like, up. they just walk by me and I slide my hands over their faces and arms and like over my own and we get in the car and that's how we start the day. And it's That's the like only- the LA mud room. Like in yeah. Northern England, they're like putting on their wellies and whatever and you're lubing them up in super It absolutely is. It's like sunscreen and hats. And it's like the one sunscreen that, the single sunscreen that they haven't complained about. Oh, that's a ringing endorsement. Mm -hmm. If a kid can deal with it, you know it's a good one. I should give you a free pass too, since this, you are my guest co-host and you've done such an excellent job. Is there anything else you want to raise a wand to? Yes. You're going to be excited about this because it's a real product and it's fancy. Hit me. Okay. So I decided that Once again, I'm like, I'm in my mid-40s. 
I have to stop being so scared of eye makeup. So I decided that I was going to buy an eyelash curler because I'm terrified, terrified, terrified okay. of any tools like that. I've never been able to. It's, it gives me the heebie-jeebies to see someone else curl their eyelashes. It scares me so much, the pinching and the pulling and the blah, blah, blah. I mean, it looks like a torture device. Yeah. It does look like a torture device, but I understand the benefit of it because when I've had my makeup done, I think it looks so nice to like open up my eyes and and I wish I could do it myself. And I was like, you know what? If you can wish it, you can make it happen. And so I texted my friend, Kieran Bhatti, who is a makeup a celebrity makeup artist. She's awesome. Yeah. She, I, she knows I'm scared of everything. <laughs> I was like, hell. And so she pointed me to the Surat Beauty. <gasps> Yes. Curler, which she was like, you're just going to fall in love with it because it's so beautiful. (laughs) But also it's like idiot proof. So like you'll also be able to use it. And indeed, I looked at the picture she sent and I was like, ooh. It's ah, an objet. It's an objet. I was like proud to have it in my home. It came in like a little velvet bag. It has a little special spot in my cupboard. I treat it so tenderly. And it absolutely—it's totally worked. It's like I mean, it took it took me a couple of tries, but I haven't hurt myself yet. I've noticed a big difference. No pinching. No pinching at all. And it's not like you don't have to squeeze so hard. Like the way it's set up is, you don't really have to pinch and squeeze. You just kind of hold it and just pulse a few times, and it really does the job very efficiently. And I have mentioned it to a few women online who I've—I think I've sold like five of those since yesterday. <laughs> Oh, everybody, get get your affiliate links, girl. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I'm doing this all wrong. You're on strike. We need to make you money somehow. <laughs> girl, when I tell you, I like maybe didn't. I was like, it's good. We're in, we're so lucky. Like we're we've been working a long time. We're okay. And I was like, oh right, no paychecks till maybe fall. You know, okay. Well, well, we'll be fine. We'll be fine. Good thing you already have your Surat curler. Yes, exactly. And that thing will last you because they make quality stuff. I love your razor one. That's a good one. So beautiful. Just to look at it is really nice. Well, I'm going to forego my razor wand because you did such a good job and you gave us three and then our listener gave us some. And instead, I'm going to let you go to like probably do some meditation is, I guess if you do it twice a day, that might need to happen again soon. I'm so impressed with you. It's my lunchtime meditation. Oh, no, please don't be impressed because if I don't do it, I'm crazy. So it's more of a... No, not just with the meditation, just with your career and your coolness and everything. You've been such a great guest co-host. Thank you for coming on the show. Thanks so much for having me. This was such a treat. We hope you enjoyed the show. It's your reviews and feedback that help us make the podcast even better. Head over to iTunes to rate and review us or email your thoughts to info at fatmascara.com. We also want to answer your beauty questions and hear what products you love. To share a Razor One product review or to ask a beauty question, email us at info at fatmascara. If you send it as a voice memo file, we can even share your voice on the podcast. You can also do that by leaving us a voice message. Our phone number in the United States is 646-481-8182. Thanks so much for listening. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff. With real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue checkmark that says Authenticity Guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.